For player profiles, in-depth features, and exclusive interviews, visit sfhandbook.com to learn more about the best young football players in the world. Hello and welcome back to the Scouted Football Podcast. Uh, this week we're tackling another club-specific episode that many of you, I'm sure, will be familiar with by now. Uh, as ever, I'm joined by somebody uh, well-versed in this particular topic, uh, an expert, some might say. Uh, Rich Allen, a stad aficionado, is with me on the Scouted Pod uh, to discuss all things young players at the French club. Um, Rich, firstly, how are things with you? And, and thanks for coming on the pod. You're very welcome, Joe. Um, yeah, no, well, th- things are all good. Much better than a week ago when I was in the midst of a uh, COVID breakdown. But no, all, all, all the better now. No, good to hear that you're you're on the mend and 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 back on with podcasting duties. But um, just as sort of a, as a brief introduction, you know, in terms of who you are, you know, you you follow Ren, you know, that is your team. Um, you know, you got a very close affiliation with them. Um, but in terms of sort of your your writing, your publishing, that sort of thing, um, you know, you've worked with uh, GFFN or Get French Football News for for those who who aren't familiar, and, and French Football Weekly. Um, you know, how did you how did you get into to doing that sort of thing, particularly with Ren? Yeah, well, it, it sort of evolved from my following of Ren um, into the world of social media and then realised, I wonder if there's anyone else talking about French football, you know, at that, that point in time. It was about, uh, it was about 2012. Um, sort of outlets, I suppose, were quite limited in terms of up-to-date um, sort of French football news. Um, and I stumbled across French Football Weekly on Twitter, uh, followed them, interacted them with them for a bit, uh, was eventually invited onto the podcast, writing for them. Um, that then has since moved into also uh, writing and, and previously podcasting for Get French Football News. Uh, and from that then, it's afforded opportunities such as uh, serious XFM appearances in, in the US. Um, I've done a couple of bits for um, local BBC Radio, um, Liverpool Echo. So it's it's afforded me some some opportunities as as a uh, as much as a hobby, I suppose, can do. No, absolutely. It sounds it sounds good, and obviously getting those opportunities is you know it, it's nice to to sort of marry it up with a with a you know with a shared interest or that sort of thing. Um, I'm sure at the moment you'll be you'll be in, in in quite high demand from from Leicester City fans, given that they're facing Ren in in the knockouts of the, the the Europa League at the moment. Yeah, it's always it's always interesting. I think when Ren uh, face a a certainly an English team, um, and over the last few seasons with with their sort of success that has resulted in sort of regular European football, uh, Ren have come up against um, English opposition. You know, we've had Arsenal, we've had Chelsea, Spurs and, and now Leicester. So um, I think it will be a really good test this evening. Uh, I'm looking forward to the game um, and I think it will be a pretty evenly matched affair. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree with you there. I think it, it has the potential to be quite evenly matched. Obviously, Leicester not doing too, or rather as well as they have done previously this season. And, and Ren obviously doing what they have done over the past you know couple of years and, and, and you know maybe punching relatively above their weight. Um, I mean, just in terms of a potted history of, of the club, you know, three Coupe de France titles, uh, but no Ligue 1 titles. Um, and, you know, very, only very recently a name in, in European football, you know. 1819 reaching the, the knockouts of of the Europa League for the first time you know um the you know first season in the Champions League with the those Chelsea games in in 2020 21 you know there's there's you know there's there's plenty of um plenty of argument to say that you've you you're following the club at, at one of its purple patches oh without a doubt you know this is finally the the sort of curse of always the bridesmaid never the bride mm. uh, which has always been something that has been closely <laughs> a label closely attached to Wren, um, you know, they've actually finally started to generate some um, some sort of end result from all of that. Uh, the Coupe de France victory in 2019 was obviously the sort of crowning achievement of that um, after two fairly, yeah, two fairly recent failures um, to gang on of, of all teams in, in two finals. They lost in a Coupe de la Ligue final against Saint-Étienne in 2013 as well. So um, it's, it's some will say, punching above their weight. Some will say, you know, this is this has been a long time coming. So mm. it's, it's good to see them becoming a more regular fixture in terms of sort of top tier league and teams. Yeah, and just sort of looking through in terms of like a potted history of the club, um, you know, I was looking through the, the previous league finishes and it's something like 16 top half finishes in Liga over the past 20 years, um, but third obviously being the highest in, in 2020. You know, that's, I mean, it's, it, it, it is very much always the bridesmaid, never the bride, isn't it? You know, they're, they're, they're always sort of achieving quite quite relatively consistently, but not maybe sort of going that that extra step you know what what is it that's maybe prevented ren from 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 repeatedly qualifying for the champions league despite being a you know for all intents and purposes a top half club um i personally i personally attach a lot to the fact that in the perhaps upper tiers of the management of the club it's perhaps not been as perhaps not been as in sync with the rest of the rest of the setup and I think really you saw a lot of change come in when Olivier Latton came in with with his history with PSG most famously. Um, I think brought a a level of uh, I, dare I say professionalism from the very top. You know we've always had very passionate owners since the Pinot family came in in uh, the early nineteen nineties. But I think with Olivier Latton coming in as president, that then brought about a real professionalism, someone that's really been there, done that at the very, very top. Uh, and I think his appointment had a sort of trickle-down effect then. Um, it was no coincidence that his appointment was timed with improved results, was, into, was, was timed with increased spending at the club. Um, and it sort of all came together, I think. So um, <clears throat> I think you can probably probably look at that Olivier Latong appointment um, as a sort of turning point, I think, for for Ren to take that next step up. As you say, they've had a huge number of top half finishes in the last uh, couple of decades, but it's always been 
Yeah, it's a top half finish, but it's still pretty underwhelming. And I think the last sort of four, five, six years, we've now started to see a slight uptick. And I do think they've taken that next step, which is you know why we're now seeing them on the European stage more frequently. Yeah, and, and just on this season, um, I mean, Ryan currently sitting fourth in, in Liga. You know, there's 11 games to, to play. So really at the business end of the season. And, you know, you're really pushing, knocking on that door of those Champions League qualification spots um, and sort of looking at the st- statistics behind it as well. It, it's looking like a very successful season. You know, only Paris Saint-Germain have scored more have scored more league goals this season than, than Ren and and only Nice and, and Paris Saint-Germain positioned second and first have conceded fewer so it's been um you know it's been a relatively successful season um obviously Bruno Genesio is is, is the head coach um and I mean the, the squad I mean the reason for the for doing this podcast is is because the squad has has many many young players and and you know a team who are doing very well in their domestic league and, and making it to the knockouts of the Europa Conference League. It is, I said, Europa League earlier. That was a mistake. Um, but uh, you know that they're always going to be of interest. And 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 this season, Ren certainly have been. I mean, what would you what would you put it down to this season as sort of maybe maybe why uh, they're still very much in with the shout of finishing second? Well, I think this season, as opposed to perhaps previous seasons. I think what we have seen, um, and again, I'll, I'll sort of tie it into a an appointment at the club. You know, you can look at Florian Maurice coming in as as technical director or sporting director, as we probably more know know him as. Um, you know, he has a pretty proven track record in terms of recruitment. You know, you look at his time at Lyon and the players that he brought in there. Yeah, towards the end of his time at the club. It was a, perhaps a little bit more hit and miss, but he has contacts. He has a a name, a reputation around Europe, and what we have what we have seen since he joined the club then is not only and we'll, we'll come on to it, but not only the continuation of the um, sort of academy production line, but also now we're starting to look at not only other teams domestically but also across Europe at looking at bringing in young talent from there. And we've seen the likes, I mean, the signings that have been made, albeit they're not all youngsters, but I think they've just been very clever signings. You know, you look at Lovro Meyer, who's not on a huge amount of teams' radars, but he's come in, I mean, he just looks like he's going to get better and better and better. Um, He's introduced young players at the back. He's introduced, I mean, probably... You know, you could make an argument for signing of the season in Gaetan Laborde up front. Um, so again, I just come back to that sort of professionalism from top to bottom, and and a real crux of that, and and we're starting to really see the benefit now. Um, you know, has been Florian Maurice's introduction as, as technical director. You're talking about signings there, and and obviously you're talking about Lovro Meyer um, and 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 Gatan Laborde. You know Martin Terrier as well. He he like Lovro Meyer is, is is 24 years old, so just just a one year too old for this podcast. But I mean, I think we're we're okay to make exceptions. Um, you know, just looking at sort of the um at the previous finishes, I also noticed that if if Terrier scores, I think it's a couple more goals. He could finish as Rennes' highest scoring player in a single season since Alexander Fry in in 2005, which. 
again, for a club who has repeatedly finished in the top half, seems seems a little bit perplexing. But I suppose it goes to it speaks to the sort of the overall quality of the of, of the team around him. And you know, you look at the other young players that that are there. You've, you've spoken about the you know integrating youngsters in defence. Loic Bade, obviously, um, a very very exciting player. You know, lots of teams will have been will certainly have been looking at him last season. Um, Ren obviously being the, the club who got him, um, but even younger, you know. Younger than Bade at 21, you've got Kamaldin Sulemana, who's, who's still 20, Jeremy Doku, who's, who's only 19, but both playing first team roles and and both for for very good reason, um, you know, becoming names in European football. I think it's from from my perspective, you can see why um, they're perhaps uh, you know maybe a force to be reckoned with as as we head into the, the sort of final stage of this season because of those names. Yeah, I mean, Doku and Sulemana, you know. There's no question about it that they are very, very, very exciting players. Mm. Naturally, considering their age, it is just taking them a little bit of time to settle. Yeah. Both, especially Doku, have had recent injury problems. Um, but I think with, with Doku, my own, he's been at the club slightly longer than Suleiman, my only gripe with Doku has, ever, has always been his just lack of end product. But I think what we're starting to see, although it's difficult to gauge with his sort of um, injury breaks that he's had this season, but we are starting to see that now. You know, he came back at the weekend. He got sort of a few minutes towards the end of the game, set up a goal. You know, we're starting to see that now. So I, I have no doubt that um, the Knights of Doku and Suleiman will become uh, more integral to the team. Uh, but what I think has been quite good for Ren is they've actually learned how to play and play very well without them. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they can have and can introduce the likes when they're fit of Doku and Suleiman are off the bench just adds another dimension to the team. Yeah, certainly. And I'm just sort of looking up at the, the you know, the, the recent minutes that they've played and obviously Suleiman are injured at the moment, like Bade maybe carrying an injury as well. And, and Doku, as you, as you say, coming back and coming off the bench, it shows that you know, it's it's not just a team of individuals. It's not just a team of exciting young players who maybe have that I don't know Hatem Benatha esque ability to to change a game on a sixpence. You know, they they they're, they're very much greater than the sum of their parts, um, which I think is something which which Leicester are certainly going to have to to watch out for because um, you know you you can target individual individual players, but I think if the uh, if the team dynamic is very solid, then that's a lot more difficult to contend with altogether. Um, in terms of the the the, the teenagers uh, at at Ren this season, I mean, there's been been several who've had who've had some sort of involvement. Um, you know, Leslie Ukachukwu, uh, Alemdar, the goalkeeper, Juf, Tel, Chona, uh, Matthias Ablin. Um, you know, there there are, there are names there which I mean are synonymous with you know Ren producing young players. I mean, we only have to look at sort of the the list of alumni at uh, at this club to to realise how how storied um, the, the the youth production yeah. cycle has been. You know, even going back to the likes of, you know, Sylvain Wiltor, Jimmy Briand, Johan Gokouf, um, you know, the, even more recently, obviously, the Eduardo Camavinga, Jorginho Rutter, those types of players. Um, you know, are, are we talking about these these current teenagers in the squad or around the first team squad in the same breath? Or, or maybe maybe I might get a little bit ahead of myself. Well, I think it's 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 always going to be difficult when when you mention Camavinga in the same breath. When yeah. you look at the sort of two really really stellar names to come out of that academy in the last few years, you've got Camavinga and Usman Dembele. 
it's always going to be difficult for any any um, young players following them to sort of carry that, I suppose, almost level of expectation. Um, but what I think Ren have been quite good at doing is maintaining a certain degree of level-headedness in these players. Mm. You know, there are talented players, without a shadow of a doubt, but they're pretty grounded. I mean, even the likes, it, it sounds silly to say, you know, Usman Dembele, ground, <laughs> a pretty grounded player. But, it, you know, during his time, he was with Ren. There was a, a brief period where there were, you know, an issue over contract signing. Um, because, you know, he was looking for more first-team football, despite being a very, very young age. But, you know, that was negotiated and he got, you know, we got the new contract, he got the first-team opportunities and he fully took them to the max. So, um, the young players coming through, you know, it's there's, there's going to be some that will, you know, fail to live up to their initial initial hype. But there is a really, really good crop of players. And actually, when you look at the squad and look at the um, the sort of under-23 squad as well, that crop of quality goes back a few generations as well. So, you know, even now we can see players, you know, who are perhaps two, two three years away from regular first-team football, but they're already on the radar as you know, these are players to look out for. I mean, even just sort of away from individuals, the fact that there is such a good crop together, that, that displays that, to me at least, that there's something obviously very right going on and, and there's, there's the, you know, the, the processes have, which have helped develop the likes of Kamavinga, the likes of Dembele, you know, that that the, the, the same sort of processes are in place and that they're, they're being successful because ultimately, you know, they might only be getting one minute here or there. But then you look at the likes of Abelin, who is obviously on loan at Le Havre at the moment, and he's scored a couple of goals when he's been there already. Um, he's playing regularly there. It suggests that, you know, there's something very much going right in terms of preparing these young players for first team football. Yeah, I mean, there, there is without a doubt, you know, they are, <clears throat> they're integrated within the team. Mm on a realistic basis, I suppose, is how you would look at it. I mean, I look at Camavinga. You know, Camavinga, he was 16 at the time. Um, you know, he was brought along into the first-team squad. That's not necessarily to say that he even made the bench in some instances, but he was just integrated in that squad, experienced the day-to-day -day training with them. He would go... I mean, I remember um, vividly uh, when we beat... Um, Real Betis in the Europa League a couple of seasons ago, you know, Camavinga was in the, you know, he was, he was in the stadium with the players celebrating. That's, that's only going to add experience. That's only going to add a huge learning step for those players, even if they're not getting on the pitch. I think being amongst that first team environment uh, and understanding the respect that needs to be given um, and therefore earned it all just works, you know, it all just adds up. Um, and I think what I would say about the academy that's potentially going to be a, a another big step forward is there are, I know that there are plans in place to enhance, develop, improve, expand their training facilities. So it's a very good training system that they have on the outskirts of Wren. Um but it is a little perhaps on the small side. And with the reputation that Wren have got, you know, there are players that are wanting to to join up. There are players that are being 
constantly brought in and, and, and developed there. So, you know, that academy development is a, a big indicator that, you know, that um, sort of investment in youth is, is not going to be stopping anytime soon. In terms of moving forward then, you know, looking at the, the rest of the season and looking at the players that are currently within the squads, you know, I mean, not even just the the, the under twenty threes. Um, you mentioned Laborde, and, and obviously we've spoken about Maya and Terrier as well. You know, who 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 would you be sort of earmarking as your your, your player of the season? Your your the player who's maybe surprised you the most, and 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 again to to bring it back to the scouted theme. You know, your young player of the season. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, it's in terms of squad full stop. Yeah, it's going to be difficult to look past. Terrier and, and Laborde. Mm. Um, but I think actually, if if you look a little bit deeper than perhaps just the goals, you know, you look at Wamed Amari. Um, so, you know, young player brought in, this is his first season um, of, of professional football. And I defy you to, you know, watch him and think, you know, he's been playing for a few years, surely. You know, he is slotted into that team. He's displaced Loic Bardai. Mm. You know, it was brought in with Bardai was brought in with the understanding that it was going to be Leifegerd and Loic Bardai at the back. Bardai perhaps took a little bit of time to settle, which I will caveat that he is now playing in a completely new system. So throughout Bardai's development, he's been his experience at you know Lance and prior to that was three at the back. Yeah. And all of a sudden now he's in a four four two, or certainly four at the back for Ren. And so he's perhaps just taken a little bit of time. But Amari came in and, you know, boy, has he taken his chance. He has looked impeccable. I think I can probably only count one poor game from him this season. So I think, especially as, as you said in the intro there, about how, you know, how, how excellent their... Um, not only the goal scoring, but also how many they're conceded and how little they're conceding. You know, I think you look at someone like Amari and you think, yeah, you know, it's diff- It's going to be hard-pressed to find a better-performing young player, especially then at centre-back, which, is, you know, as we all know, is a pretty unforgiving position for young players. Yeah, absolutely. And just, just looking at Amari now, you know, as you say, he's literally his first season in 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 regular football um and to have to have played so consistently um is is incredible isn't it i mean he's played over 20 games in league this season so pretty much just around 2000 minutes um he's played in the conference league um and and you look at sort of last season he was on the bench a handful of times at best mm-hmm. and you think well i mean the the progression here is immense and it, i suppose it just goes to show that you know the 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 Sometimes these players are maybe bubbling under, and I mean, you're you're much better placed than than I to 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 be able to to say on this. But you know, in terms of when he was maybe playing away for youth league football, was was the expectation that maybe in a few years he would be playing regularly at first team, or he'd be one of the ones who'd maybe be farmed out to to league two? Um, I think there was always an expectation that he was going to be integrated, but I don't think there would have been many that would have anticipated the impact that he has had, yeah, and certainly the amount of minutes he's had. Um, you know, it, it it would have followed, you know, youth players in seasons gone by that he'd have the odd game here or there, maybe in the in the Coupe de France, maybe. But I mean, he's just come in and he's pretty much been faultless, and it's 
you know, there's there's been no reason to not play him. Um, and, you know, and there have been there have been other young players in the in the squad who have come in and done a job. I, you know, I look at um, Lorenz Assignon at right back. You know, he he's had, you know, he's a little bit, you know, he's a little bit older, but you know, he's he's still what you would deem as young. But he came in um, at right back when Hamari Traore was out at the African Cup of Nations, and you know what. We were all a little bit concerned because we were losing Aguad, we were losing Hamari Traore, and we were losing Alfred Gomez, three, you know, huge players in, in our defence. And really, you look at the players that came in, you know, you had Alemdai, you had Assignon, and you had Barde, and by and large, you'd struggle to say that we massively were impacted by their by their losses. So... The young players come in, and it seems that they're just, you know, determined. They're not. They're coming in with the frame of mind of, look, I appreciate I'm not going to get regular opportunities, so I need to come in and just show and show my worth. You know, am I a dependable player? Am I a player that you can rely upon? And I think the vast majority of these young players for Wren have come in and demonstrated that. Yes, yeah, certainly. I think I think that's a pretty pretty good summation of of, of what's happened um, this season, and 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 obviously the the integrated approach must help between those twenty threes, between that the academy, and and maybe as you were talking about sort of the training facilities beforehand, maybe having it sort of a, you know forcibly integrated with it, maybe not being the, the biggest site is is something which I don't know normalizes the fact that you know you are playing and training around the first team before you are um, before you're actually. Uh, so you're training around the first team before you're actually playing for them. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's one which I'd definitely like to explore further because, um, I mean, you look at French clubs, you look at the the, the history of youth production in, in in France, and it's it's incredibly vast. I mean, you look at I mean La Havre there. We were talking about Mathias Ablin just then. I mean, La Havre's own ability to to pr- provide you know the the club as sort of a, a finishing school um, for some of Europe's best and brightest that we know right now. Um, and I mean Paris Saint Germain's academy. Obviously, there's a you know they haven't exactly shut the plug hole on that one because everyone seems to leave before they they get the opportunity to play for the first team for for obvious reasons. Um, and and you know so many other clubs as well. I mean, I mean we, we go back to even the the likes of the the the, the Leonardo Jardim Monaco team that, that won Liga mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, and the the young players that were that were pivotal and and, and instrumental in that. I mean. What is it about? What is it about Ren? I mean, that that makes, you know, it, it, it's a club which which young players want to play for, as far as I can gather. You know, is is that purely down to reputation? Is that down to coaching? Is that is that down to maybe maybe presentations that are made to the players before they arrive there? Reputation is a huge part of it. Um, you know, Ren have very close ties with, you know, the the local youth teams across the, the Brittany, uh, Brittany region. Um, but they also have close ties with, you know, the Academy at Clairefontaine. Um, and as I said before, with, with, uh, with the arrival of Maurice, they're now developing closer ties with, with teams overseas as well. But it's just, they've been able to be very consistent with the development of players and obviously reputation helps a huge part with that you know to continue 
churning these players out so that young players can see, you know what, if I join Ren at, if I'm signing up for Ren at 14, well, you know, I could be, you know, I could be 18 and playing in a Champions League knockout for Real Madrid in <laughs> four years' time. You know, there's there's these poster boys, I suppose, yeah. um, that Ren can use to almost sell the academy to to you know prospective prospective new players, and they look at always you know when signing players at, at such a young age, they look at incorporating um, the family as well. You know, they integrate um, in terms of discussions with the family, what can be done in terms of what's best for the best best for the for the player both in terms of footballing but also education as well so there's a real real um community feel i think with the academy which really really does help um and you know as long as they're continuing to churn out high quality players they will continue to be a club that young people want to go to in terms of the catchment area, obviously Rennes, obviously a northern northern French club. I mean, what is the what is the catchment area like for those for those young players at the academy? I mean, are, there, are lots of them coming from Paris? Are lots of them coming from? I mean, what what is the sort of the uptake of players from abroad? Because you know that's something which we see a lot in English academies. But is that is that less commonplace at Rennes at a club like Rennes? I mean, the majority of academy players are. Um, you know, they are French-based. And obviously, you know, being the sort of dominant club in Brittany, which is a pretty large region, um, and being in the Northwest as well, you know, there are parts of it that can actually feel quite remote. So, you know, it's almost Rennes, the sort of only real major club on offer for them. But they're also, geographically, they're positioned very well to tap into the Paris and Paris region, mm. you know, we, we could spend an hour talking about listing the players that have come from, from, <laughs> from the Paris region. But, um, you know, I mean, it's not even just Paris, you know, you look at Usman Dembele, he was tapped up from, um, from a, a regional club. Um, I think actually they're classed as a Norman, a Normandy based club. So they're, they're, they've got sort of fingers in pies everywhere, you know, and I think the, um, the results that the Academy have, have proven allows them to afford those luxuries, I suppose, you know, whereas other clubs might not have as, as sort of glittering alumni of players from the Academy. So perhaps there isn't necessarily the investment in the Academy as, you know, why invest in something that's perhaps not necessarily being hugely productive, whereas Ren, you know, there's pages and pages of evidence that their academy is a productive um, environment for young players. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, pages and pages, you, all you need to do is look at those names that we've discussed already. You know, your Camavingas, your 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 your, your Rutters, your 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 your, your Dembele's, um, Gokuf, Brion, Bakayoko, um, Dukure, you know, lots and lots of, of well-established players who at some point have come through uh, at Rennes. So um, 
Rich, thank you very much for, for joining me on this one. Um, really appreciate you giving up your time and, and providing um, some some excellent insight on Ren. Um, obviously, Ren are, are in the knockouts of the um, the UEFA Conference League uh, against Leicester City. Um, so by the time you're listening to this, the, the first round, the, the first leg will have been played, but um, there'll be a second leg to, to look forward to and maybe um, some highlights of, of Wamed Omari uh, that will be piquing people's interests. Um, but yeah, currently... Uh, ran fourth in Liga above the likes of Lille, Monaco, Lyon. Um, you know, hot on the tails of, of Marseille and Nice. So um, I think it's it's shaping up to be a very exciting end to the season, uh, regardless of what happens with that Leicester tie. Um, but Rich, again, thank you very much for, for for coming on. No, thank you very much, Joe. Thank you. This has been uh, the Scouted Football Podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. I've been Joe Donahue, and this has been uh, a club special episode on Stad Running. Bye for now.